Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and sports nutrition professor of about 15 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I run Strength Guild. Oh, geez. Lift for Hope. I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and a bunch of other stuff. So. And uh, this is Dr. John Mike. I'm a professor in exercise science. Uh, I am home in louisville kentucky for the holidays and uh, oh yeah what's that phrase guys oh yeah it's freaking freezing outside no doubt so. all right and we have uh caesar torres maybe just a word or two about yourself hi i'm C- i'm caesar torres and i am the owner of 13 sc uh, uh, apparel here in chicago and uh it's freezing here too it's, i love it i love it though i love i love the cold <laughs> tis the season okay um, speaking of seasons, we have our seasonal contest. Let me make a quick announcement about this. Um, if you have sent me your address, give me four weeks or so to, before you actually receive what you want. Some people are saying, oh, here's my shirt size, or I'd like a mug. That's cool, but I'm a teacher, and I've got final grades to upload. John, you know what I'm talking about. Totally. So, so um, give, me, give me a chance here. It's just a, a handful of us. We don't have a big corporation. So I will get you your stuff. If you have made two tweets and an iTunes review and you want swag, uh, you got to send me your address. Otherwise, I don't know who to send the stuff to. So if you have commented, hey, I'd like some swag if there's some left. Yes, there, are, there is some left. Like I said, we have mouse pads, a couple of mugs, some DVDs. It's pretty random. But if you tell me what you like and give me your address, and again, if you have to resend an email, say, here's my address. If you already sent your address, please don't do it again. I've got it. So I don't want to duplicate my pile. So thanks for that stuff. Um, More from uh, news and mail. Let me get to some of these things here. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Some of this overlaps, I guess. Uh, Last week, I mentioned protein spiking uh, or uh, nitrogen spiking, not just by throwing in additional amino acid like glycine to inflate the grams of protein on a label, but even using low-quality incomplete proteins like collagen or gelatin to inflate the dose on a label. Um, That has blossomed uh, with comments from, oh gosh, Greg via Twitter, uh, Jarrett, I think, was also via Twitter. Uh, John, uh, all these guys are pointing to all this, these issues surrounding protein. So next week is shaping up, I think, to have a extended news segment on protein paranoia. Um, l- literally, uh, I, I, I've got stuff here that says protein causes cancer, just on and on. Uh, so we'll deal with some of that and follow up on the the collagen use. You know, is collagen actually beneficial or not in any way in a protein bar? So uh, we're going to table the protein stuff because it's it's too much <laughs> for right now. But thanks to the people from Twitter um, and through email. I appreciate that. Again, Greg, John, Jarrett, that's cool stuff you're sending. Um, what else here? A couple of mails. This first one is from Chris. 
It's called, uh, just entitled, My First Iron Radio Donation. Guys, thanks for the show. Sorry I've been going to the fridge and taking out, but not putting anything back. So I just made my first donation. So a little <laughs> metaphor there. I like the fridge metaphor. I've listened to every episode. It's my favorite podcast for sure. Uh, I would like to ask you guys to maybe do a little more on aging and staying in the game, both older newbies and older trained athletes. Uh, maybe Phil has a few at his gym. <laughs> I dare say <laughs> Phil is becoming one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that is um, true. Chris says, I'm 50. I've exercised my whole life. I definitely need more warm-up. I have the typical battle wounds, back stiffness, shoulder surgeries and impingements, etc. Um since I'll be doing this for the rest of my life, though, I want to get every gem I can get. Um, also, you might like this, and he, he sent an image. Uh, says, sometimes for low-impact cardio, I carry 100-pound tire over my shoulder for 30 minutes. That's some functional training there. So, uh, Definitely. Cool Tactical. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool stuff, Chris. Uh, we will do that. Honestly, in the past, I've almost been afraid we were too curmudgeonly. You know, oh, what's torn today? <laughs> you know, what uh, what surgery did Phil just have? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, it, it's good stuff, and we do need to cover the basis. This next one is Th Fortress sent it to me through the website. It's from Carla. She says, hi there. I want to start by telling you what an awesome science-based podcast you guys have. I've been a listener since the beginning. I'm a medical anesthesia person, so I appreciate the evidence-based suggestions to back up the dialogue. Uh, so I am more than willing to give you guys a shout-out on Twitter, Facebook, and iTunes. Keep up the good work, please. I'm not a lifter, uh, I think only, but also an endurance athlete. So your across-the-board suggestions make me happy. Uh, if you're still, have, still having the contest, I'd love a shirt, etc., so thanks, Carla. That was nice. And I'm putting you right now in my list, my pile, to send swag. What else? This is also through Rob. This is from Andrew. Uh, I have listened to Iron Radio every week for the past two years. I heard about the iTunes uh, competition that you are having. And really, it's just more of a, a drive, I suppose. But it does involve some goodies. Um, I decided to join in the fun. I should have given you guys a five-star review years ago, informing the world what a great job you do every week. Uh, please forward this email to Lonnie. And then here's what he says to me. Um, After listening for two years, I finally set aside two minutes it took to show my gratitude for the time, money, and effort that you and Phil and Mike and Rob uh, and John all put into making Iron Radio happen on a weekly basis. Uh, I just gave you a five-star review on iTunes. Um, Etc. Let's see. I've worked in the industry for the past nine years and have my master's in kinesiology, among many certifications. For me to take the time to read or listen to something has to be top-notch, and you guys do a wonderful job every week. I love the research articles that you talk about on the air and then take the time to teach listeners how to apply what research has shown and what works. Um, and then again, he mentions the swag. If it's still available, I'm a huge coffee guy. He, he likes bulletproof coffee, he says. Actually, you might want to try Phil's coffee since, yeah, there you go. since we're talking about it. So thank you, Andrew. Um, I'll, if I've got an address in this email, I will use it. If not, send me your address, and I'll get you some swag. Thanks, you guys, for uh, being patient here. I got two from Twitter. These are studies. Um. This first one is from Greg on Twitter, and Greg is actually going to contribute to next week's talk about protein and collagen and other things as well. But this is from 
Nedervine and colleagues. Looks like the American Journal of Physiology, Regulatory, Integrative, Complementary Physiology. It's a huge acronym here. Um, the title of this is Altered Muscle Satellite Cell Activation Following 16 Weeks of Resistance Trained Training in Young Men. It starts by saying skeletal muscle satellite cells play an important role in muscle adaptation. Uh, it talks about how muscle fiber characteristics change considerably when resistance training is performed chronically, but less is known about what remains as far as a response to a single bout. Now, this is something I'm going to admit, Greg, that this is going to alter what I say in the classroom actually a little bit. I know one study doesn't completely change, you know, paradigm shift, but uh, I have traditionally said, and this is based on older textbooks, that de depending on the type of anaerobic training, you don't always get this, the kind of capillarization, you know, increased blood supply and uh, tiny blood vessels feeding those muscle fibers, and you could actually reduce your capillary to muscle fiber ratio as far as size goes because, you know, again, it's not very aerobic in nature, and you end up with more more muscle mass but not necessarily the need for more capillaries but this study pretty is pretty clear it says individual capillary to muscle fiber ratio increase in both type 1 and type 2 fibers so listeners that's both slow twitch endurance type fibers and the more explosive types uh, larger types that we're more concerned with usually um, so individual capillary to fiber ratio increase in both kinds of fibers in response to resistance training following a resistance training bout enhanced activation in response to the exercise is accompanied by increased muscle fiber capillarization. So, I don't know. I need to update my knowledge base on that. Like I said, there's some old figures in textbooks, and they, yep. kind, of, they, they kind of show few capillaries per muscle fiber in the, the heavy strength anaerobic dudes. Yeah, that's, that's, it does, it's really funny. I, I don't understand. I mean, and I, get, I, I guess I do understand to, to some degree, but isn't it amazing how – in terms of just muscle fibers and capillaries or even mitochondria that so many people think that type ones, you know, are the only ones that have mitochondria and capillaries. And I'm like, well, how can I even be possible? I mean, you wouldn't even be able to really do anything and enhance blood flow and O2 delivery for heavy loading. If you didn't have any freaking capillaries or mitochondria, you know what I mean? I do. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, and, and people don't also don't really understand. It's like they, it's like they totally separate type ones and type twos and everybody forgets because you know for, through whatever or that maybe they just don't don't know and that's okay All, you know fibers they they run on a continuum with one another you know it's type one and it's you know if you look at like andy fry stuff from you know years ago he's done a lot of muscle fiber research yeah as well as overreaching and overtraining it's all based on a continuum you know type ones and you got like type 1a type 2a type 2b um, type two A B, and then you get in a type two X. So it's like they all run on a, on a continuum with one another, and I think that's one of the important factors if you talk about practical applications with lifting. And I talk about this all the time with my classes. You need to train in all rep ranges. People just kind of train in reps of three or fives or sixes, and you know to maximize motor unit recruitment, you have to train in all rep ranges. I mean, you got to do twenties and twenty fives and you know, maybe up to 30s and stuff, you know, even more just and I'm not saying that, you know, that needs to be on a regular basis, but you have to train in all rep ranges to maximize motor unit recruitment for hypertrophy purposes. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, 
like I said, that study, listen, a good scientist change starts to change conclusions when new evidence comes out. And this is new 2016 evidence. So, um, you know, there it is. So, like you said, we can't pretend that the capillaries are only for the endurance guys. I should make a note. Some of those old textbook figures, they also show body fatness uh, in their little infographic type, you know, little figures. They show that lifters are fatter than sedentary people while runners or, you know, endurance athletes are leaner than sedentary people. And we all know that's that's bullshit. A lifter could be fatter yeah. than, from, than the average Joe if he wants to be because he wants the body fat, but he can also be much leaner than the average Joe. So to pigeonhole it like that and say anaerobic athletes carry more body fat, that's stupid. I mean, look at it a sprinter. It is stupid. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, that stuff is really old, so i got to be careful. Uh, I have one more. I think all you guys might be interested in this. Uh, in fact, I'm I'm not going to give you the my thoughts on it until I hear what you guys say. This is from Millard Baker. I've actually uh, chatted on and off over the years with Millard. Uh, gosh, it's just been a long time. So through Twitter, he says, lifetime and annual prevalence of anabolic steroid use for 12th graders is at the lowest point in 25 years, according to a 2016 survey. Uh, monitoringthefuture.org. So I went and pulled up th- these drug trends. And let me just share this and see what you guys think. Uh, Phil, since you're so much on the front lines, uh, maybe I'll ask you this first. But anyway, this is from the Monitoring the Future study from the University of Michigan. And uh, of all these different types of drugs, from pot to cocaine, heroin, amphetamines, uh, steroids is on this list. And, you know, I've always found that interesting to me. Uh, it depends on someone's intent. But the point is, the data here from 2006 to 2016, I just pulled the last 10 years. Uh, and, oh, and the question was, how difficult, this is 12th graders, how difficult do you think it would be for you to get each of the following types of drugs if you wanted some? And for steroids in 2006, 41% of high schoolers said they could easily get anabolic steroids and this year, only 21% um, said they could easily get anabolic steroids if they wanted some. Phil, I don't know. Do you, you work with some youth. What, what's mm-hmm. your take on on that? <laughs> Honestly, my take is the study's BS. I mean, they, basically what they do is send these questionnaires to high school kids, and 99% of the time they're lying. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> Thank you. I know, right? Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Know, you. you know, it's so it's, you know... The kids put down that they took meth just to be cool. Yes. You know, and they never did. It's just dumb. So, I mean, from what I see, honestly, if I'm going to be honest with you, I think anabolic steroid use is higher than it ever has been right now. For, for I, wait, wait, wait. Still for who? For who? Across all populations. Oh, okay, okay. You know, not, not kids. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's prevalent here. I mean, there's a school here that it's just rampant in really? uh, that I've seen. No, yeah, I – With young kids. It was, I was biting my tongue because I'm looking at this, and that's exactly what I thought. Like, yeah. these kids are going to say this, oh, yeah, I can get that, to be cool, yeah. to, to seem yeah, exactly. cool. It's like, honestly, I I doubt, mm-hmm. I can tell you, around here, I sincerely doubt that even 10 years ago that 41% of high school kids could get real anabolic steroids if they wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'd be possible here. I really no. don't. 
they make it sound like anybody can just you know run down know. the corner and, and talk to their it. buddy and get some get the real shit. You know, have to. I'll tell you, <laughs> these yeah, it's it's like they or, think or they can just go to like fucking CVS and just go grab it off the shelf. I know, know. right? It's so accessibility <laughs> is is an issue here, and like you said, I think the study is has huge validity issue. There's two thousand kids roughly every year that they poll for this. Yeah. And I can appreciate that it went from 41 to 21%, but that may simply be that it's not as cool to yeah. use, uh, you know, as it was 10 or 15, 20 years ago. And, and Phil, I mean, I, I, you kind of, and I know you know this, of course, and, and Lonnie, I mean, you have to kind of also consider this. Most people, especially at, at that age, it's like if, if you even ask them what anabolic steroids are, like they probably couldn't even tell you or give it examples of, you know whether it was something's anabolic or androgenic, and if they mm -hmm. do know, it's because they just read something online. You know, it's like the, the lack of like, actual real education is not very high. You know, that's uh, a really good point. Like, yeah, I I get access. I can access those. It's like no, you can access fake shit or something yeah. that you think is an anabolic steroid that is not. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, a lot of those forty-one percent probably thought creatine is an anabolic steroid. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you know, people a lot of times, uh, lay folks, and I'm not I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying, they'll take like corticosteroids for inflammation, like in their knee, and they'll be like, "Oh, I'm on steroids." I'm like, "That's mm -hmm. doing the opposite of what you think, then, because yeah. that's a catabolic kind of thing. It's that's not an anabolic steroid. My goodness. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, um, but that's that's through Twitter. Uh, Caesar, do you have any thoughts on that anabolic steroid use in kids? Do you think it's gone down? What do you think about the 20 to 40 percent of high schoolers think they can grab it you know what are your thoughts yeah i think uh, for me the questions i would have are more about how this is being regu regulated and uh, honestly what law enforcement is doing to 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 monitor it i think they have bigger fish to fry probably mm -hmm. and i wouldn't doubt that uh, it's just more available now i think uh we, you've talked about this on the show uh, body image is a bigger deal for younger people now at an early, earlier age. So uh, I, I don't have access to like people on the ground, but uh, I do not doubt that it's probably the case. Yeah, I don't have the details of the methodology of this study. Like I said, I just mm -hmm. pulled the, the table uh, and followed a Twitter link uh, from Millard. But um, that's interesting stuff if it's down. Um, a, a lot mm -hmm. of drugs, actually, more than one type of drug are down in this study, um, except for marijuana, which is held pretty steady, steadily. But... Uh, I like your comment, too, about there are bigger fish to fry. You know, you're going to go after some dumb kid. I think the bigger risk might be that he doesn't understand things like hepatitis C. <laughs> and if he's going right. to use anabolic steroids and he's going to share a needle or do something incredibly stupid, you know. But yeah. as a class of drugs, yeah, and as far from, as addictiveness and whatnot, I, I agree there are bigger fish to fry out there. From most of the law enforcement and stuff I deal with, just talking to them, we've had conversations about it, and they said that, Usually they find anabolic steroids when by accident. They do a bust for something else, and it happens to be there. They have that too. Mm. <laughs> you know? yeah. They're yeah. in there popping them for methamphetamines and this and that, and they happen to have some of that too. Um, you know, whatever. It's they're, they're generally not out there seeking that as much as there are. I think there's. I think it's probably also the fact that there's probably there, there's less people just on the street passing it out as there are say. You know, methamphetamines or marijuana, this and that. You get, you know, right. for every hundred people selling pot, there's probably one, you know, selling anabolic steroids. So right. it's just, you know. Yep. Okay. Well, that's a lot of stuff, I realize. Let's catch up with Caesar before we go to break. So, uh, 
you're a novelist, you're a blogger. Uh, in the past, you've had a popular podcast. Uh, so maybe just remind everyone or share sort of what led you to what you're doing. Not just current projects, but just quickly ramp up to why are you into fitness at all? Yeah, for sure. So I, as you said, I'm a man that wears many magician hats. And uh, that's probably how most people know me. That I'm, I'm doing any given year, I'm doing something uh, a little bit different. Uh, but for me, a love of books and reading really is what uh, got me started as a young person, and it's what I do still today. Um, I work currently as a professor of journalism uh, at Northwestern University here in Chicago, and then I split my time um, uh, writing novels, and then lately uh, launching 13 at 13SC, which is the uh, apparel brand that I kicked off. I'll talk a little bit about that, too. That's more about building community and not just uh, clothing. But uh, let me talk about what got me into this, because uh, that's, uh, that's literally the reason I, I you know, I'm going to talk about the topic later today with, with you all. Um, for me, I'm a book-loving person, and when I got bit by the iron bug, I the first thing I did was start reading voraciously. And um, eventually, I did meet coaches. I was coached uh, on how to train properly, etc. cetera. Uh, but for me, the, that basis of doing a lot of reading uh, is really what got me here. And uh, I d- wasn't always uh, physically... A minded person. Uh, as a young person, I, as you can guess, in high school, I, sp- I spent most of my time with my face right in a book. And it wasn't until I finished university that I thought, okay, I, I really want to do something with, with my body. So I spent about 15 years as, as an endurance uh, athlete. And you've had many guests here and some of your uh, uh, listeners who write in, they talk about that. I, I, I was into marathons and triathlons, and just within about the last six years, I made a concerted change into powerlifting style training, and uh, lately, you know, looking more aesthetics and physique. Um, and and I, can, I can honestly say I, I'm no longer trying to do both things. That, that, was, that was years ago. Uh, I'm really happy with uh, where I'm at in training, uh, I love the sports. Uh, I love all the sports, strongman, bodybuilding, powerlifting. And one of the things I'm trying to do right now is just try to give back to people who help me. This includes people who write in the industry, people such as yourselves, podcasters, uh, by building more community here in Chicago. I just moved here from New York. And the reason I started that clothing line was not just to put out interesting clothes for fitness, but actually to bring together the community of powerlifters, bodybuilders, strongman people, even crossfitters, um, and just build more of that local feel to a city that is really large. I know some people are already doing that here, but um, for me, it's uh, uh, it's something I really needed to do because when I relocated from New York City, I had to, I had to start from scratch. So what's probably really evident here is that I love this stuff. I, I love training. Uh, I love the barbell in particular, and I love getting stronger. I'm not 22, so my gains are a little bit different than if I was a younger person, but um, I have no plans on giving it up. And in fact, I just want to share most of that knowledge back with people because as a journalist and teaching journalism to graduate students, uh, I noticed that uh, what is considered a lay person man, we need a lot of work in the whole country to yes. edu- educate people much more uh, on, on what it actually means to be able to be a layperson, uh, dispelling myths, uh, teaching people practical things with language that they can understand. I'm really focused on that. So a lot of the blog posts that I write are really about putting it on people's terms and uh, not talking down to them, but saying, 
this is what will actually happen if you train with the barbell. Right. No, I appreciate that. In fact, I just looked into just initial outreach to um, a grant source that supports community education, that sort of thing. And I, I think I was trying to share the mission of Iron Radio, right? We have professors and journalists. We have coaches. We have the athletes themselves. But that that push for community and to share education, because I don't know what your feeling is, but one of the reasons we started Iron Radio was that there's so much bunk in the fitness yes. industry, just not, and nutrition. I mean, there are a lot of podcasts I listen to. I, I have to turn them off. I can't even listen to them. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm not being some smug ivory tower person here, you know, but like you, I want the average person to say, so, you know, let's take some of this research and apply it. You know, like some of the listeners were commenting earlier and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I really appreciate what you're doing, uh, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, and let me put it on less subtle terms. I would say about 98% of what's out there, all the way from tiny blogs and the crazy YouTubers, all the way up to commercial mainstream media, such as NBC, 60 Minutes, all these places. Uh, when they talk about uh, training and anatomy and uh, fitness in general, they're just putting out a bunch of garbage. Have you, if you actually meet the journalists who cover this stuff, again, in general terms, these aren't people that train for these particular sports or who have a direct experience with uh, bodybuilding, strongman, etc. And so to me, it's really about dispelling myths. And, and if there are more journalists out there who train and also under, so understand the sports, Let's bring those people together and kind of, like you said, uh, you know, have th this network of, of good knowledge that we put back out to people because there's nothing worse than going to a family party or be, being with coworkers or friends and having to explain what you do at the gym uh, and feeling uh, self-conscious. I, I no longer feel that, but I, I, I often have to dispel a lot of myths about what you do, why you eat this way, uh, why you have to sleep eight hours uh, for training. And so I think, we can, I think we can just do a lot better in this country by... Just doing better local reporting, basically. I, I always think like a reporter. Let's let's put this information back out there, but at the, at the local level, I think is where it starts best. Yes. In, in fact, next week I'll share more. But our local CBS station actually had a piece, quote unquote, warning people against high protein diets, okay, women, and not consuming protein. Uh, it probably bleeds into this New York Times piece that I'll talk about next week. But they were showing people in lab coats, and they were showing bone x-rays. And some of this stuff just feels like stock images to me, you know, as opposed to someone who, I mean, let's face it. I always tell my students, don't let the evening news conclude for you. So they'll say a new study proves, well, they're already sort of off. That's not how research works. It's not proving anything. Um, it supports an idea, uh, you know, but the point being is they leave out all the juicy stuff like w the methods, you know, in who, at what dose, how long did it take, you know, that sort of thing, instead of just making blanket conclusions that boil down to something that's a value judgment, like better or good or huge or, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas scientists, of course, talk always in caveats, you know, it, like, like I said, at this dose or in these people or at this duration. And um, maybe that doesn't keep people's attention as much, but... If you want to be educated about these things, you know, the methods matter. You know, like we were just talking about that steroid study, you know, and um, how they went about it, you know, stuff like that. So. 
Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's go to break because we're, we're going to segue here into this uh, anyway. And we're, we're going to have a discussion about best reads, uh, best strength and muscle books out there. Uh, we, I think we have some good suggestions. Uh, I'll even give you some prices for, uh, from Amazon on a couple that I were, was looking at. So uh, we'll be back. Hey listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh you poor meathead, all that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what, uh, there is a book available. You can simply Google CRC Press and Lowry and what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that, and uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single-digit royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Fall and soon winter will be upon us. As the holidays approach and your thoughts turn to giving, please consider your friends here at ironradio.org. Over the past several years, there have been hundreds of listener comments hoping that Iron Radio stays on the air for years to come. Iron Radio is here for you. But as with any public radio type format, the show is listener supported. That's where you come in. For just $4 per month, you can become a supporting member keeping your weekly dose of education, experts, and gym talk flowing. Just go to www.ironradio.org and click on the $4 monthly subscribe button near the bottom of the page, or click the donate button at the right of the page for a one-time donation. You are the Iron Brotherhood and Sisterhood. Thanks for helping to create a place for better internet programming for all strength and muscle sports, and Happy Holidays! Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh Keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? 
In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, folks, we are back. We've got Cesar Torres, uh, Dr. John Mike, we Phil Stevens, and myself, Lonnie Lowry. And we are discussing some of the best reads, maybe, uh, for starting out in strength and size. Or even someone who wants to rekindle some passion and that sort of thing. So we have a, uh, a roundup of books. And we're going to start with Caesar because he has a blog post that's sort of syndicating around the web a little bit here. And we'll have it in the Iron Radio library in a Word document format uh, like some of the other articles on there. But um, what are the best books? So one of the things I, I looked at, Lonnie, was uh, just how bloggers and uh, book reviewers talk to people who may be either total beginners or somewhere close to intermediate. Uh, and that explains kind of where I'm at. I, I would say I'm probably moving more into intermediate world after all these years, uh, no longer longer newbie. And I wanted to look at, you know, what, what are the best books out there? Because I have my, my shelf of all these different uh, strength sports books that I've read. And, uh, and uh, could I share those back out with the world in a way that made it simple to understand what is it that I'm getting into <laughs> if okay, I read these recommendations yeah. from Caesar? So um, my blog post has three. I think it's keeping it simple is, 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 is really the key. And uh, they really tell you my story of how I got it into uh, lifting the barbell and just loving it so much. Uh, I, I didn't, I'm not recommending these in the order that I read them. I'm recommending them in the order that I think you should read them because in retrospect, I probably should have read them in, in this order. Okay. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, but one of them is uh, well-known. It's really fat. It's uh, Becoming a Supple Leopard by Kelly Starrett, who you've had on the show here before, I believe. Uh, he was also on my podcast when I was running the, the Labyrinth podcast. Uh, and he's uh, a very dynamic guy. Uh, he's uh, very controversial. Sometimes, you know, some of his techniques uh, haven't uh, reson resonated with everybody in the community. But in general, most of what he writes is great for most people. And so, uh, you know, if you're looking to learn basic movements, uh, parts of the anatomy that you're not sure about, see really great photographs of how you're supposed to do some of these uh, movements and techniques. Uh, you know, he does this all through basically prevention, injury prevention. Uh, but that's a really great book to keep, to kind of browse through. You could read it uh, front, front to back like I did, but uh, that's only if you're crazy. And um, <laughs> that, that's a really great way to start. Before you really get into anything else, I would read that. Uh, and at that point, in between that book and my next recommendation, uh, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's in my blog post, but get yourself a coach. Uh, spend the money. It's really worth it. Not not a, uh, a fitness trainer or a personal trainer. I think those are different things. And, and I know you've talked about the distinction, but somebody who's a strength coach, I think is really great to, to get. Uh, the second recommendation goes along with spending that money on the, on the coach. Uh, Start, Starting Strength by Mark Ripito. Uh, this book is on, I don't know, we don't know what is the latest edition. He keeps updating it. It's, uh, you know, his, his most successful book that he's written. He explains strength on very uh, easy to understand, understand terms. Uh, he only works through some of the basic uh, movements. 
And if you're a person who's totally brand new to strength, this is the right book to kind of learn about what's actually going on. What, what am I getting into? Um, and he's very light on the other aspects of the training. So he doesn't talk too much about sleep and what to, and what to eat and, uh, you know, some of those extra, extra aspects. He mostly just talks about here's what you do with the barbell and I expect you to progress linearly. Um, that's for beginners. And it's a really, really, really great book. It's one that I constantly recommend to people or I actually buy it for people and give it to them. So um, I couldn't stress enough how, how important that book is. And um, it's, it's, it's not that you know, dense. You, you know, anybody can kind of read through it. Uh, really great. And then you know, as you progress through that, then for me, because I didn't start lifting the barbell at the age of 17, uh, I wanted to think in the long term. You know, how am I going to do this when I'm 50, 60, 70, 80? You know, I do expect to, to really be into this. And one of the books that really helped me was actually uh, 531 by Jim Wendler, where taking some of those aspects of lifting the barbell, he's just put together a very simple program that that. I think just really minimizes injury, keeps people strong, keeps people lean. You can kind of customize how you want to choose your path there. Um, but man, it's one of the most fun reads out of this uh, lot of three. Uh, Jim Wendler is just a really great writer. Uh, he describes himself as a writer, and it's with reason because this is the most uh, interesting of the three books. Uh, and it's and it's in a way, it's the shortest. It's uh, what he puts out there is a very simple program, but um, that's his strength. He's able to just tell you, keep it simple, stick to the plan. And, and all of these books really kind of get you all the way through that gate, all the way up until you get to intermediate stage. That, that's why I really, uh, if I was going to, you know, give these out for Christmas gifts, I would put them all in one single box and give them to people because uh, they're, uh, they're what you need, I think, to get started. Okay. Uh, they're all very light on nutrition and all those other aspects. I think that's a di different rabbit hole, but uh, this, uh, this is really about the basics uh, that I really appreciate. Right, like a starter pack just for the, the act of lifting heavy weights themselves, <laughs> right? Yeah. A absolutely. Hey, Phil, let me ask you, and Caesar too, of course, I have not read 531. Does Jim put a lot of good stuff in there as far as the – the mental side of it or attitude you, you know where i'm going with that because caesar you just said it's it's informational but it's also it's a fun read um, well that'd be the nov chapter <laughs> okay. right yeah <laughs> yeah there's a chapter kind of on that yeah okay because so. that's one of the things that i always appreciated about a lot of the old school books like uh bill pearl's keys to the inner universe i mean he does a lot of body part exercises and whatnot but there's a section in there on you know, women in weight training. There's one called Conduct Becoming a Champion. I love wow, it, yeah. right? Thank you, Bill. What a class act this gentleman is. And we've been honored to have him on the show a few times. But yeah, you don't see that kind of stuff. And it, again, different rabbit holes, you're right. I mean, he has a section in here called Nutrition and Virility. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> you know, so maybe a little tangential. But there's also this, you know, how many times do you hear people talk about proper conduct, you know, like mm -hmm. that? So, um, yeah, I, I would just wondered what Jim actually said. You know, he's so not, no nonsense. Like, Bill tends to write and speak like a mentor. You know, he's this trusted mentor. Jim is more like, so no bullshit. I got to think yeah. that he's not going to say, here's how you should act, but more, I don't know, more blunt yeah. somehow. 
Well, that's exactly what he does. But he gets away with it because he's a he's a good writer, and it's a lot of it's a lot it's a lot of uh, suck it up, Buttercup. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually <laughs> understating that. Right. Uh, but I, I think that's often, too, what, what's needed, uh, particularly for something, for something that mentally is so challenging as strength training. Uh, since that's an element of it. I've read other books by people like Frank Zane uh, that, you know, are, you know, are more about the full mental aspect. He ties in Buddhism. Uh, that's another one of my recommendations, I suppose, some of his books. Um, and those are really great. But uh, I think... I think a lot for personally when you're training, you sometimes just need somebody to say like, "Listen, just just do this, okay?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jim yeah. Wendler's pretty great about that. Uh, yeah. The the whole North of Vag thing, you can unpack that. I, I'm not a huge fan of what it is, but I, but I'm a fan of what it says that you should do. And uh, you know, even just running up a hill, he makes it sound like like poetry. Um, <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. th that's that's the strength of the book. Okay. Yeah. No. Cool. Yeah, um, you're right. A lot of the things that I would pick, uh, my two favorite lay books would have been Bill Pearl's Keys to the Inner Universe, or I, I really like Arnold's um, Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia of Modern <laughs> Bodybuilding. I oh, like yeah. it. It's got some of the real basic stuff, like Phil and I were talking th this morning before we hit the record button, like just what is progressive resistance training? You know, I mean, is that's sort of the underlying concept here. Lift progressively heavier things, you know, like the myth of Milo and all that. And mm -hmm. you will become bigger and stronger. And so there's basic stuff in here like this. Um, both Bill and Arnold's book talks about anabolic steroids. And I think that's probably a worthy read for someone who's a beginner or intermediate. Because like we were saying, those high school kids, they don't even know what anabolic steroids are, some of them. Um, uh, but there's the Arnold book is in different sections. There is that intro section that talks about the history a little bit and the training experience, the gym itself. And that could be good for people who are intimidated. But there's a second book on actual training programs. So he talks about the difference between power training or bodybuilding, how weightlifting is different. He talks about overtraining, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I used to have a copy of this, and I do not anymore, sadly. Uh, and then there's the final portion of the book is just about a, a different exercise, all these different bodybuilding exercises. But uh, maybe to your point, Caesar. Although this is a great encyclopedia to have when you go, you want to look something up, um, it's not the kind of thing that's going to boil it down in that Jim Wendler kind of way. Yeah, those are some of my favorites. Uh, Phil, do you have favorites uh, as far as late well, books? Just, or? Yeah, well, and I was just going to add, I mean, one of the strengths about Jim is the opposite. He does the opposite of a lot of people in this industry now. Yeah, He admits he's not the master of everything. He's like, you want to talk nutrition? It's not me. You want to talk about right. that? It's not me. Here's what I do. This is how you do it. You know, he's everybody's trying to be a master of everything, you know, and he's like, this is what I know. Here you go. And I don't know the rest, you know, and that's OK. Um, but, yeah, I have my favorites. I mean, there's, you know, the books you said are great. Um, I'm a fan of some of the older stuff, too. Like John Cook put out a book as far as powerlifting go. It's like John Cook speaks on powerlifting. Something like that. And it's it's very basic. It's just like, okay, what are, it's deadlift day. What are we going to do? You're literally going to deadlift. And you're going to deadlift until you can't deadlift anymore. <laughs> and then you're done. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of Dan John's stuff, it's very basic. And, you know, Dan just does a good job of speaking on the mental side of things and everything else, too. But it's it's keep it simple, stupid type of stuff. Um, you're going to pick up things and you're going to yeah. walk with it for distance. Yeah, Dan does, <laughs> Dan does some of the character and conduct sort of stuff mm -hmm. as well, which I really like. like mm -hmm. he, yeah. I, I always think about he's the kind of coach I would want to expose my own child to. 
yeah. you know, because of that character yeah. development kind of thing. It just kind of comes out in the way he he instructs, I think. Yeah. You know. And I think I honestly think those those books and you know the one Caesars mentioned are great for beginners. You don't there are other great books out there. You know, they're academic books, but for the beginner, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> they need that keep it simple. And yeah, then would, you know, five years from now, okay, now let's complicate things a little bit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. And and one more thing to add here too is I think uh, uh, having real expectations about how most people fit in strength training into their lives is where I came up with these recommendations. Uh, you know, some people will get bitten so hard by the bug where they'll say, I'm going to go uh, do powerlifting meets. I, I want to go really far in the sport. Other people will say, I want to become a strong man or I want to do a, do a competition uh, for bodybuilding. But I think most people just build it into their lives and they're really happy with it. They make gains. They look good. Um, but they don't need to know so much about anatomy and mm -hmm. uh, mi micro and macronutrients. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it is about keeping it simple because most of us have jobs, families, mm -hmm. obligations that just uh, our life doesn't revolve around the sport. And so uh, I think making that clear for people with what we what books you might, you might recommend to them. I think that mm -hmm. that's where the strength is at. Yeah. 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 I would I would I would throw in some other so a few other ones too. I mean and I, I mean I, I, I agree with um you know what everybody is saying in terms of making things or keeping things simple for like the average person. I mean, you know, the average person doesn't really care about, you know, miles and heavy chains and type two fibers type of thing, you know. But um one of the one of the one of the books that to me is kind of rarely even talked about. Um and he had, it's, it's actually two books uh, by the same author. One is more simplified, and the other one is, is, is a little bit more, more, much more comprehensive. Um, but I would throw in Facts and Fallacies um, of Fitness by Mel Siff. Um, and I, I, to me, like, you know, he was way, way ahead of his time, um, but it, it really kind of breaks it down. And it's, and it's very simple um, just hundreds of myths pertaining to every topic imaginable with strength and biomechanics and cardiovascular exercise and fitness. Um, if you want to, if you want some more, um, educational types of texts more practical applications and programming, um, definitely, uh, Vladimir Zaskiorski's The Science and Practice of Strength Training with Zaskiorski and, and Bill Kramer. Um, they haven't had, um, the new edition is kind of, um, I think it's the second edition. I don't think they've had a third edition yet, but, uh, I mean, you can definitely read that, you know, 10 times or 15 times plus. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this individual person but i do i have used the book for class but so i do think it, it does have a lot of value um but it's just periodization training for sports by a uh, tutor mm -hmm. bamba um mm -hmm. that's that's also a really good one and then of course you know super training by mel sif but you know one of the things about the zaskiorski text and mel sif it's a lot of it's comprehensive like it's not an easy read mm -hmm. you would have to read those things multiple times and so the average lay person you know, is not really going to understand that, you know, so that's why if you have that book, but if you take some type of class with that as well, or we have a lot of, you know, deep educational background. Um, and, and I think super training, of course, you know, science and practice have been um, tried to be, have tried to be broken down to the level that most people can really understand. But um, I don't think it's been quite successful as some people are hoping. Another one, um, I would put um, special strength training manual for coaches by Yuri um, Verkashansky. That's also a little bit you know, comprehensive, and then something that is not comprehensive, but it's just to me, probably it has to be one of the top one or two educational training books. Is just Strength Training Anatomy by Fre Frederick Delavere. 
I mean, he's always coming out with like multiple editions, like, you know, every couple of years with better images and better descriptions. And it's, I mean, I think it's one of the top five things, books that people, you know, really need to get at least offhand. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, It's true. You know, I, I think as a beginner, if we look at this from someone just getting into this, one thing to keep in mind which I think is very interesting academically is oftentimes academic books will start with anatomy. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that leads to what I've always sort of pigeonholed as the bodybuilder approach, the body part approach. It's easy to go from anatomy, what's the origin, insertion, action of this muscle, and then mm-hmm. let's go train it, you know, and it's it almost looks isolationist. Now, the other approach, of course, and I'm guessing 531 is more like this, which is more a movement-centric approach, right? It's not about anatomy and specific muscle groups. It's about the lift, you know. And to to me, I have a lot of students, they really, be, again, because we start them with anatomy and physiology, they take this almost bodybuilder-esque, or I think mm. a lot of personal trainers do this too, uh, you know, isolationist kind of approach as opposed to, I, I think what we lose in that maybe is this idea that muscles work in a functional chain, yeah. you know, and that's what the power lifter and, you know, somebody who uh, works in collegiate athletics, you know, they're doing everything from plyometrics to God knows what agility drills. It's impossible to isolate just prime mover muscles in some of these things, you know, but let me add a couple of academic books because I do think it's worth looking into the why, like naturally once you start for several weeks or months of just just doing what you're told from some of these books, you know, uh, you're going to want to know why you're doing some of this. And I, I do think the Essentials of Strength Training and Conditioning, the NSCA text from Bakley and Earl, uh-huh. um, it's very comprehensive, uh, and it does go from the beginning, and it does start with the anatomy and physiology, like, you know, how the human body works. Uh, but there's things in here that I think a lot of people overlook, uh, like the testing and evaluation section. Like uh, so many times on YouTube, you, just, you know, the, the, what gets spewed is just, just, you know, do what I do. It'll work for you, too. And it, mm-hmm. none of this like testing for individual strengths and weaknesses. So there's a section in there on, on testing and eval. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of my favorite books. This is for more advanced people, probably. But Pavo Komi. K-O-M-I, Strength and Power in Sport. It's an International I've Olympic Committee that, book. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, I cherish my old copy of it. There's some new ones. Gosh, when you go on Amazon, some of the books we're mentioning are 20 to $40. This one, I think because of its, I don't know if it's vintage nature or the advancement or the, the Olympic Committee connection, it will range in price from just a few bucks for a paper copy to, I, I'm looking at one in front of me in hardcover, $882. Holy Jeez. crap. Wow. Oh. I've seen Mel Sis book for fucking $200. Unreal. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> these books are more wow. like, again, if you're interested in like fiber types, motor unit firing patterns, how we measure these things, hormones and what they really do. Uh, in fact, I know Stu Phillips, who's a noted protein you know, synthesis researcher, he's written some stuff about what's the real role for testosterone and growth hormone because... Uh, lay bodybuilding, like athlete abuse of these things uh, have led to some confusion about what these hormones actually do to make you big, you know, but anyway, there's great stuff in here that's very mechanistic and more advanced type stuff, but no, yeah, there's no way I'm going to point someone to Comey 
you know, some of these Eastern Bloc ones necessarily um, when they're coming out of the gate. And Caesar, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of your point. I have a question uh, for all of you. I, in my all my time reading, I've read a lot of nutrition books. Uh, most of them at the you know sort of a, a commercial uh, use you know common user level, uh, and a few intermediate ones. But there wasn't a single great recommendation I could make for people, uh, only because I think they're all over the board. Probably some of the best uh, writing and research on nutrition is probably at the academic level, and so I don't send people to read uh, journals. But do you have any books or books or any uh, anything that you recommend for just basics of nutrition? Because, uh, because uh, yeah. I, I don't, I, I I don't really have one. I don't, uh, you know, nutrition is kind of tough because it's it's. I do have a few. Yes. Um, it depends on simple or versus comprehensive. If you want simple, um, that is, is good. And I actually know this author, um, is power, power eating by Dr. Sue Kleiner. Um, I mean, she's, she's had like five or six editions of her book. Um, she's based out of Seattle. Um, I don't know that she would be actually a really good person to actually be on the show. Sue Kleiner. Um, We should get Sue on the show. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, so Sue Kleiner, power eating, um, I'm not a huge fan of her because I don't think she doesn't, you know, she she's she doesn't like supplements and thinks that nobody needs the supplements. But like Nancy Clark's sports nutrition guidebook, but I would rather I would rather recommend um, much more wholeheartedly, you know, power eating by by, by yeah. Steve I Kleiner. would I would um, want to avoid yeah. anything that was too dietetics only oriented exactly. because that's almost yeah. a philosophy, you know, that gets spun into the book a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. As opposed to something like, that's more just about nutrition, metabolism. Yeah. Uh, but go ahead. Um, so power, power Eating by Sue Kleiner. Um, I mean, even the ISSN, you know, sports nutrition text is really good, um, especially if we want to go take the certification test. Uh, I mean, the, the book chapter that, you know, uh, Lonnie did, I mean, Dietary Protein and Resistance Training, um, that's also an excellent text. Um, I had a book chapter come out um, uh, last summer for – um, sports nutrition needs for ch- for children and adolescent athletes. Um, there's a lot of really good information in there as well. Um, also, if you want more, a little bit more comprehensive, advanced nutrition and human metabolism. I can't remember the authors, um, but if you just type it in on Amazon, it's it's probably one of the best nutrition books for pretty in depth and comprehensive, you know, information. Yeah, there was there. a Gropper book, uh Grop. Yeah, there were some advanced yeah. ones. That's pretty advanced stuff like um right. nutrigenetics and how people respond differently to foods and uh, uh-huh. You know what? One uh I mentioned the NSCA. They also have the guide to sport and exercise nutrition. Uh I wrote a chapter in that on dietary fats. Um but that's Again, these aren't things beginner type stuff. Let me offer this. I have said this before on the podcast and I think it's really worth it. Um, Mel Williams, Nutrition for Health, Fitness, and Sport. Uh, it's McGraw-Hill book. It is, I think it's fantastic because it starts very basic with like 10 principles in this chapter kind of thing. And then it ramps up into literature reviews. So, for example, if you want to know what the latest on creatine is, it will ramp up in that direction if you want to go there. But I have pushed this for years. I have used this uh, of all the different nutrition books out there. And Catch McCardle have some. Uh, there's some really good ones. But as far as starting basic, but also giving you the depth to ramp up if you want, Mel Williams, Nutrition for Health, Fitness, and Sport from McGraw-Hill. Uh, check it out on Amazon. Do yourself a favor. Uh, because I think one of the things that textbooks do do is they provide 
scaffolding, right? They structure from basic concepts that build into more intermediate ones, things that you need to know in order so you don't just um, – my problem with people who read lay books uh, on strength or muscle mass is that they can talk a really good game, the people who mm -hmm. read these, in isolated areas, but you let them talk long enough and they start to hang themselves. You know, yeah. I, again, not to sound judgmental, but – you know, I'll be listening and I'll, I'll kind of wince like, ooh, that's not how that works, you know, and th they're confused and they don't even know it. They've got gaps because they didn't do it in sort of a pyramidal scaffolded up structure, you know, and that's one of the things that a textbook is going to do. So I would suggest you do find some introductory level. I mean, let's face it. These are written for freshmen, 19-year-old freshmen. You should be able to find an introductory level textbook uh, to – add to some of the lay books that we're talking about um not that the lay books are poor but you can also see how this stuff is taught at university right and what educators think is a basic level that then builds from there right okay um caesar any closing thoughts about uh your recent um blogging or, or syndication or uh, messages for our listeners Sure. It's uh, I have one one simple message, which is actually to ask a favor from everybody listening. Uh, you know, I've been a listener of the show for for many years, so it's such an honor to be here. But uh, the, the message for everybody out there is to uh, just come together in your community and find the other people who are doing this. I think uh, uh, right now, you know, communication and social media and all the marketing that we receive, it, it, there's there's all these uh, confusing and contradictory messages people get about what it means to train or to go to the gym. And one of the things that especially um, older people in the sport talk about is that sense of camaraderie that used to exist. It's still there. There's plenty of great networks of people training and bodybuilding, uh, CrossFit, etc. But what I would like is for people to cross-pollinate more. So uh, find people in your community. Uh, if you know somebody that does strongman and you don't do strongman, talk to them and get together and um, Maybe you even train together. You could go get donuts after a session. Uh, I think that that's what I'd like to do. That's what I'm trying to do with my blog posts. Uh, that's the mission of 13SC Apparel, which is what I'm doing. And I think it's so needed, especially at the local level. Uh, national, you know, let other people kind of make a mess out there. But at the local level, you have a lot of power to, to do that and get better information to other people. And the way you do that is by talking to other people. So um, th that's my, my call to action. And in, in general... Um, if anybody else is interested in either uh, syndicating content or giving more recommendations uh, to me, or if you're in Chicago and you do want to connect and put together more things for a newsletter, let me know. I'm uh, available, and uh, you can reach me uh, on Twitter, on my website. Um, and so that, that's what I'd like to put out there because I love, I love, love the sport. And my take on things is always different. I think uh, Phil knows me. And uh, Lonnie, Lonnie, we've been talking for a few years, but I do things just a little differently. Right now, a lot of what you see in uh, some of the industry or even apparel, right, is like, we're going to crush it and I'm a, I'm a beast and, and, you know, like that, that stuff is great. But I've never been, I don't respond to that. So even a lot of my messaging is about uh, archetypes and mythology and looking at, you know, did you know that Hercules, besides slaying all these beasts, did you know he had homework? Like he had to go find these apples and steal different things. He had to be clever besides being strong. And so, uh, you know, that's my the way I bring things in. But I want to connect with other people who have a different viewpoint than mine and just make more of a network and community. 
No, I think that's great. That's something I think over the years, Phil and I, and then uh, Rob, of course, later John and Mike, we started realizing there is a sense of community that sometimes a podcast can create, unlike something like you said, like big national news and, and let some of those people fumble over themselves. But um, we do have a, a, a community, whereas you could be lifting in your garage in Kansas, you know, or be intimidated and starting in a gym in New York, or you could be in a seasoned competitor and come part of a, a pretty specific loyal community uh, through something like a podcast. You know, like I know that Phil, he's had people pilgrimage to his gym, for example, partly because, you know, they might have listened to the show or the vice versa. You know, maybe they go to Phil's gym and they, they want to listen to to him get some coaching advice on air. You know, so I, I'm a big believer in that community thing. It's something that's really grown on me over the years as well. So that's cool stuff. And one last thing, right. I think it, it, it's it's all about exposing yourself to different kinds of people. Right now, we're struggling in the nation because people feel like, I need to stay with my group, but we don't need to do that. You can hang out with somebody who does something totally different than you, and it, 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 it's worth it to you know get that experience with uh, uh, people in the community. Yeah, it is true, because oftentimes marketers, like you said, in the strength sports, it's all this, you know, crush, kill, you know edgy black market you know and cliches, and cliches yeah cliches. It, it does become it, it becomes wearisome after a while you know you're like okay I, I got it you know very tough you're very tough awesome you're you know and and yet there's through the years there's been there's persisted this group of sort of warrior nerds you know that like the intellectual <laughs> side of stuff too and they want to yeah. learn why or or even look at things from different perspectives whether it's a journalist or you know a uh, uh, research nerd or, or whatever, you know, so. Okay. All right. Well, we are out of time. So uh, thanks for joining us, Caesar. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you. We'll see everybody next week. Hey, listeners. Have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store, one for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store, uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention, uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each Hall of Iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So. Thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. 
If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.